Welcome to The Stack, a weekly podcast where we discuss the latest in the world of marketing, sales, and tech. I'm your show, <laughs> host. I'm your host, John Henry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tim Stabersky. And I'm Ryan Sylvester. Today is Thursday, January 10th, 2019. We're coming to you from Pepperland Marketing, Cheshire, Connecticut. It's episode number 36. And today we've got lots of interesting updates from Google and HubSpot and just general the SEO general news. Web, yeah. yeah, yeah. How's it going, guys? Good, good. Good stuff. Ryan, how's your week going? It's going. Yeah, how's the... I shouldn't reveal your personal life details. Oh, the wedding planning? Oh, all right, you did it yourself. <laughs> yeah. How's no. the wedding planning going? Um, I have 300 things to do this weekend. Yeah? So, I don't the, even know what they are, but wedding she, she will tell me and I will just go. Have you? Are you guys selecting like a drink of the night or something? Yeah, actually yeah. we did. Yep. <laughs> it's an old fashioned. So for those whiskey lovers, good stuff. Come it's, on by. Is that a thing now in at weddings? Yeah, usually everyone have, has like a theme. A, your own like cocktail or yeah. something like that. I hate the. We world. had some. I don't remember what it was. It was like a. Oh, there was a name Benini. Uh, but that I don't, sounds. I don't. Familiar. I don't drink anything other than wine and beer, so I forget like what what the stuff was called. But it was like champagne with some sort of fruit, and it. it was really good. Oh, yeah, fancy. Yeah, and I had Guinness behind the wow the bar. Of course, yeah. Guinness. Was it open bar? Yes. It's a way to roll. Yeah, but not when you get onto the bus. Bus? Yeah, when people get shuttled back to the hotel after an open uh, bar. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, oh, um, mm, yeah. it gets gets people. You know, it's bumpy. We don't have a bus. So. All right. Well, that's good. So um, each week we kind of go through some of the uh, news developments, content that caught our eye, and try to boil it down for you guys and give you a few key takeaways. Um, so this is our second episode of the year and all the good oh, yeah. stuff is uh, starting to come back out. Last week was a bit of a, a slow week content-wise. Yeah, for sure. A lot of good stuff this week. Um, and Ryan, I think you've got the the first, or was that Tim? I think that Tim has this one. It's me. That's me. Tim. Um, so this is sort of an, more of an update from Google. Um, pick up where you left off on search uh, by Andrew Moore for the keyword, which is Google's sort of product blog. Um, and it, a few months ago, you might remember Google announced that there'd be some uh, pretty big changes coming to search, um, primarily around the way that like modern searchers use the tool to complete tasks. Um, we will link to a previous episode of the stack where we've uh, sort of dove into those in more detail. But one of the big, one part of that announcement was the fact that Google would allow searchers to sort of pick up where they left off when they they started searching around sort of longer term um, goals or problems. Um, to quote, for, uh, well, and, and the, the, the news here is that that's finally um, going live. It's about to be live. Um, so users are going to begin actually seeing this as an option when they're using Google. Um, so to quote directly from the article, to help you with these ongoing search journeys, we're launching new activity cards to help you pick up where you left off. If you're logged into your Google account and search for topics and hobbies like cooking, interior design, fashion, skincare, to go on for a little bit, you may find an activity card at the top of the results page that provides an easy way for you to continue your exploration. You'll find links to pages you visited in the past along with searches you've done. From there, you can easily click back to that recipe that you tried and loved or reissue a search to discover new facets of that topic. Um, and the reason we care about this is just because it has the potential to really change the way that people use Google and other search engines, depending on how they 
they follow suit um, to complete their tasks. If someone is going to be, if someone's more likely to go back to those first results that they encounter when they're doing a, a months long research process, then it's more important than ever that, you know, if, if that is your customer, you are the person, you are the website, you are the company that they're coming to first because you can begin building that trust from an earlier stage. You can be the, the source that they turn back to over and over again, the name they remember and the, ultimately the company they buy from. If that is, you know, what their search is around making a purchase, it kind of depends. It'll be interesting to see if there's a way to isolate the traffic that's coming from one of these. Yeah. So that's something I'm going to have to check out. Probably won't be, at least initially, but it'd be nice if they're adding some, like... Trackability. Yeah, yeah. So you can segment that out. Um, could be a bad thing, though, too, right? For just learning new things. Like, you know, you're doing searches and you're just kind of coming back to some of the old... That's the thing. And, and I, I do wonder, too, I mean... It's possible that a user might see, I've already been on that page. I don't have to go back mm. and look for, like purposely look for different sources. It's new, so we have to kind of see how it goes, but. Kind of cool though. Yeah. yeah. Definitely keep an eye on it. Something else from Google. Um, the, the title is Inside Google Marketing, Three Ways We Think About SEO. So this is, oh, this is a, comes from Sean O'Keefe for Google. So um, this is like Google's attempt to pull back the curtain and kind of, expose a few things of how they think of SEO. Uh, and I wanted to read a quote um, from this article. Of course, there are plenty of other ways to drive traffic to your website, paid paid, uh, paid media, social posts, display advertising, or just a few. But when done well, SEO can provide an important and cost-effective strategy for organic growth. Um, and then they kind of go into talking about, you know, people are constantly asking about updates and algorithm changes and, and ranking factors and all that stuff. And they say that it's no different for them internally. Um, Google itself owns uh, around 7,000 websites that are managed uh, by hundreds of product and marketing teams all over the world. So they give three big tips. Uh, the first one is starting small. So Sean references uh, the Google My Business Marketing site, um, and they they kind of spiked out. I, I put, I'll put a picture in the show notes, uh, a graph of their organic traffic and when they implemented changes, and you can kind of see it you know, over time and eventually doubling in size. So, you know, they, they added things like canonical tags and updated their XML sitemap and improved meta tags. So they suggest starting small. And if you are going to start small, like it, you should probably look at title tags, broken links, meta descriptions, things like that. The, those small things can have a big yeah. impact. Um, you might think, and, and maybe you're right that you, maybe ultimately you do want to, you know, completely rewrite or recreate a page, but start with the small stuff, see what yeah. benefits that might have before you dedicate the time. If, and I, th I think that in the background, Google kind of looks at this as a foundation and, you know, they're probably thinking, well, you can't build a good house on a bad foundation. So if all your title tags and meta descriptions and structure is, is, you know, properly structured, I guess, um, you know, there's, there's a, a good chance that that'll, it'll change once you start to improve your content. Second, uh, second tip they give is embracing change. Um, this is kind of boiled down to one main tip and just because there, there is such constant change, um, don't be afraid to embrace it. Don't be afraid to try things. Um, I mean, just this, just recently, you know, they're, they're making switches to mobile first indexing and, um, the structured data stuff. So, you know, 
definitely give all that stuff uh, a shot, but just stay in the know and, uh, you know, follow important figures from Google and stay on their blog and things like that and listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, the last thing that they say is to consolidate. Uh, and he, Sean says that it can be tempting to create multiple websites, each containing very similar content to target different customer profiles or geographic regions. In fact, it's something we've done at Google. A recent audit revealed that over the years we had developed large number of near near duplicate sites based on different campaigns or marketing goals. So duplicate content is obviously confusing for searchers, but again, confusing for search engines. So you want to make sure that you're consolidating all that stuff and don't spread yourself too thin, make one site really great. And you know, don't, don't try to make four crappy sites, I guess, targeting different keywords. And uh, you know, just a point there is it, it you know, with, the vast advances we've made in different technologies. Now you don't have to create um, a separate website to target a, a different audience with the right. same webpage. I mean, just using something like smart content and HubSpot, if your website is built on HubSpot can allow you to significantly tailor your messaging, depending on the segment you're, you're targeting um, as long as you know who that person is. Um, yeah. A few really interesting things in this article. So it's Google, right? You would think that they are, they've got it nailed. They've got everything just perfect mm. because they're the ones who create They run it. the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it, I think it's the third paragraph in. He says, we at Google own 7,000 websites that are managed by hundreds of product and marketing teams all over the world. Over 200 changes are made to these websites every single day, all of which could potentially affect a site's SEO. That is the typical large business anywhere. Um, there's multiple people contributing content to the website. It's constantly changing day in, day out, and that's causing problems. Um, so every website, big and small, but especially those big websites, needs to have a dedicated mark, um, SEO strategy, somebody who's actually focused on it, whether it's internal or external, or, or you're going to be missing some things that are really holding back your growth. And that's kind of what they had here. The, the things that they fixed... Although semi-technical, you know, canonical tags, changes to their sitemap. It's kind of basic SEO, but yeah. it just had to get done. They needed somebody to look at it and the, they've doubled their traffic by resolving these things. So pretty cool. It's also, I don't know, refreshing to see a chart of Google's traffic um, reflecting the kind of chart that you're likely to see where ups and downs. there are ups and downs. It's yeah. not just, you know, straight up. Makes Google feel a little more human. Yeah, I, I just, I love that they're being transparent, transparent about it. Yeah. Good stuff. Good find, Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> Am I up next? You, you are. are. Oh, boy. Google All launches right. new feature and mobile-friendly and rich results tools. Yeah, so I uh, I love me some Twitter, and uh, <laughs> I uh, I saw a few tweets over the, I don't know, the week or the weekend or whatever this came out, um, but the... Tweet came from the uh, Google Webmasters, uh, so it's at Google WMC Twitter handle, and uh, they said with little megaphone emojis, new feature in Rich Results Test. As we announced at Chrome Dev Summit, the Rich Results Test now supports code editing in the tool. We prepared a rich snippet for you to fiddle with. So this is not really a new tool, but now you could uh, you can kind of fiddle with it and troubleshoot issues yeah. directly in it. Now, if you have no idea what the heck I'm talking about, which you probably don't, um, rich results are 
all the cool little features that you see on the search results page. That could be a featured snippet. It could be a carousel of news articles, recipe cards, recipe cards, uh, a list of upcoming events. You're seeing more and more of this stuff show up in search results. And the way you get that is you have to put some extra code onto your website. So, you know, you have to have some coding knowledge. You have to have a developer on the team to do this for you or, you know, hire an external developer to help you with it. But it really makes your content pop in search results. It makes it easier for a search engine to see what's on the page and then surface that to the searcher. And if you do that, you typically will see huge gains in your click-through rate. So let's say you're ranking number three in search results and there's a thousand monthly searchers and you know you had a click-through rate of 15% and suddenly you implement structured data and you get that you know rich result. Now instead of 15%, you're going up to 20 or 25%. You're seeing noticeable gains in traffic by doing this. Um, so really cool. And they actually have this whole library of different types of features that you could consider implementing. There's course structured data. There was recipes. Uh, There's about 30 total. Adding to them too. Yeah. Um, so we'll include a link to this. Uh, it's a good idea to go here from time to time and you know just see what the options are. Find a handful of examples that you think would apply for your business and see what it would take to get it implemented because the payoff really could be massive. But the beautiful thing is now when you run those pages through this tool, you're going to see the little components that you've yeah. overlooked. I did try to run a couple of pages through it today and nothing. Yeah. And like big websites too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't have anything on there. But yeah, you could you could fiddle with the code directly there in the tool now. It's really helpful. It was kind of uh, fun. I was yeah. I was I changed there. It's a, it's a recipe card that they give you as a sample. Um so change it from party cake to an elbow pasta bake. Mm. Pretty, pretty pleased with myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so check that out. Um, I think it's it's back to you, Sean. Is it really? No. I thought we were, uh, thought we had some news oh, from... Uh... Yeah, it's HubSpot news now. Oh, I didn't realize we were treating both of those as one. Sorry. Let me close out some tabs. <laughs> Make my life a little bit less complicated. All right. Tim was dozing off. Yeah. I was, I he was, was busy snapping was Snapchat. Snapchat. I was Snapchatting, yeah. Um, so this article um, comes from... Ben Jacobson over at uh, Marketing Land, and it's titled HubSpot CEO Brian Halligan Reflects on the Evolution of Inbound Marketing. Um, so this was a really interesting article where Brian Halligan, one of the co-founders of HubSpot and a major early propon proponent um, of the inbound marketing movement, sat down and discussed the current state of inbound marketing. Um, you know, where it came from, how it's changing. It's full of a lot of really interesting insights, um, especially coming from Brian Halligan. But some of the more interesting ones to me and to us were, um, you know, what he sees looking ahead. Um, to quote from the article, marketers getting started with inbound marketing now are doing so in a more crowded content landscape than ever. You can't start blogging and then declare inbound marketing doesn't work when you're a month in and don't have any new customers from it yet. That doesn't mean it can't be done. It just means it requires more patience. Um, and this is, you know, largely true. It's something that we've known for a couple of years now, honestly. Um, years ago when there were relatively few companies out there putting out content as a part of their marketing efforts, it was pretty easy to rank pretty quickly for certain terms. Um, 
because there just wasn't competition out there. You know, it doesn't, um, now that there's more competition and now that inbound marketing in general is more mainstream, it just, it takes more time. It, it, it's more challenging to break mm. into. Um, that being said, this in no way means that inbound marketing is dead um, or that you shouldn't pursue it. It just means that you need to be smarter about how you do it. Um, while Brian Halligan didn't have anything specific that he suggested, um, at, you know, as a part of this interview that he gave, some of our general um, advice it can be boiled down to these five um, takeaways. One is focus on creating really valuable, unique content instead of worrying about volume. Um, you know, Google's always rewarded quality. And the surest way that you can ensure that you rank well in search is to create content that your customers actually want to read. Content that helps them accomplish something or that is really interesting um, or that just aligns with where they are in the buyer's journey. Like that's the content that is going to see the click through. Google's going to know this. You're going to get rewarded for it. Um, do you want, am I running through all these? Do we want to take turns? You go for it. All right. Yes, <laughs> number two. On, you're holding um, the team up right now. <laughs> number two. Remember that inbound is one part of the marketing puzzle. Um, other forms of marketing like conversational marketing through live chat and Facebook Messenger, um, for example, show a lot of uh, promise now and can really move the needle for your business. It's, it's not like inbound is just one piece. Content is one piece. It should be supported by other pieces of a broader strategy. Um, that's always been true. It's just as true now as it, as it has been. Um, number three, you might want to consider supplementing um, your content plan with paid ads, whether through um, paid search or, or paid um, social, especially when you're first starting. If you're a company, if you know, if you're just getting started with content marketing, um, inbound takes some time. It's an engine that'll that'll funnel you customers, but it takes some time to get warmed up. It's like a pizza oven that has <laughs> to be started three hours before you bake a pie. Um, it's not going to work right away. It's got to take some time. It's got to warm up. It's got to be given that time. So ads can help you fill the gap in your pipeline, especially if you have a longer, a longer, um, sales cycle. There we go. Longer <laughs> sales cycle. The, the paid ads can really help you, um, at the beginning of that process. Number four is kind of a continuation there is remember that inbound is a long-term game you might not get a bunch of deals right away, but over time, as you continue to, as you continue to add new content to your website, it's possible to gain a lot of traction. Um, and the content you create today could be the content five years from now that's funneling you, you know, 10 new leads a, a day mm. or week. I don't know. Um, so bear that in mind as you're getting started. And then number five, possibly one of the, the more um, important of our takeaways is look for a niche. Uh, while the amount of content on the web has exploded in recent years, there are still markets and industries that are underserved um, by content creators. So in these cases, it's possible to still very quickly rank for searches just because nothing, no one else is putting out content. It, there might not be a ton of volume around it, but if you are, I don't know, plastic injection molding company that is the only company blogging about 
plastic injection molding, you're likely to be getting that, you know, highly qualified traffic and one, improving your bottom line. One thing I will say about the HubSpot stuff, um, even back back in the day when I was learning, <laughs> back in the day, you know, the HubSpot, you know, methodology and you know, getting all the certifications and such. Like even from when we went to inbound, like you know, the methodology, the methodology didn't really make a drastic switch, but it's definitely different. So they 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 update all their stuff just as Google is. So I think a lot of these things that you have been saying is just like keep your eye on, you know, all the puzzle pieces, but like those pieces sometimes, you know, get shifted and change. Yeah. I mean, things are, it's always changing. Yeah. Um, and you just have to be aware of those changes, be aware of, it's it's not even somewhat, you know, it's not like, not that marketing is changing. It's, it's the way that people buy, the way that people search mm-hmm. can change. And that's what you need to be aware of. I think for 90% of the business, the, businesses that traditional inbound playbook still works absolutely so i I don't know if you're in um if you're a SaaS company that's maybe a different story but i don't know huge huge opportunity for just follow the basics and yeah so say i (laughs) so say (laughs) i don't know why that sounded like latin to me or something (laughs) hard for us like you know we're competing against thousands of other Marketing agencies, marketing software companies. But again, that's that's where that that sort of niche, yeah, yeah, yeah. comes into play. So uh, that's it for our roundup of news and content and articles that caught our eye. But we do feature an app or tool of the week uh, each week, and um, I came across this one. Um, it's called Sheets for Marketers. So this is a collection of Google Sheets specifically Google Sheets that are going to appeal to marketers. Um, And it's wonderful because it allows you to automate manual tasks. The types of things that you find yourself doing in a very manual day, manual way on a day-to-day basis, like looking for broken links on other websites to try to pursue for link building purposes or, you know, looking at your title tags and meta descriptions you know, all the kind of stuff that we think about as marketers or SEO professionals or content developers, whatever you might be. Um, so nice collection of awesome killer resources that are free. So would recommend checking that out and see if it helps you. And maybe it'll give you some cool ideas of formulas that you can create and, uh, in Google sheets to come up with your, with your own little template. Yeah. I think all of these are just kind of, um, I mean, they're all really helpful, really, um, cool, but they can all be adjusted. Um, they can all be sort of flavored your own way yeah. if you if you find that you need to tweak them a bit to work for your business. I like that we have our own variation of about half of these. <laughs> and so you Sean stand is, out to you guys? Sean is smart. Oh, um, I like the one where, I can't remember which one it was, but the one where you can just post or paste a uh, URL in there and it gives you the title tag meta description and then you can make adjustments right there in the sheet. I thought that was pretty cool. That's good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah, so lightning round? Lightning round. Um, quick lightning round this week. Number one on the list is Instagram now lets you regram your posts to multiple accounts. I know a few people on my gram that would probably appreciate that. Have you guys tried that? No. I have not. Have you? No, but I know many people that would be pleased. Yeah, I can think of a few. Uh, second one is 11 little known features in the Screaming Frog SEO Spider. So we definitely have to check that out. There's um, a lot of stuff you could do with Scream. So many, yeah. 
The last one is Facebook is the new crapware. <laughs> and <laughs> I like that headline. I have no idea what it means. So it it, it talks about um how Facebook is going to be auto-installed on a lot of Android devices and undeletable. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. And it also talks about like um, data tracking and, and stuff like that. So I'll throw some two other ones out there. One I just thought was kind of a, a funny headline, but not really super. I don't know. I guess it's relevant to us marketers. People older than 65 share the most fake news a new study finds. I agree. No comment. I concur from my <laughs> own personal experience. I would love to drop that down to probably late 40s. Yep. Something <laughs> I think we'll be talking about next week, but we'll find out. SEOs noticing ranking vi- volatility in Google's search results. Lots of chatter. There's a nice little shakeup happening. Oh, boy. Yep. So we'll see what that means. We but until out. then. And you, you, you think next week? I think we'll have a good idea by next week. Official Sean Henry prediction. It's not a thing. I mean, like people notice a little bit of movement. They're like, oh my God, it's a change. You know? Yeah. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. They are on it, like right on it directly. It's wild. I just want to have one of them named after me, the Sean update. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Probably won't happen, but. Probably not. No. I can put that on my life goals list. All right. That's it for this week. If you liked what you heard, leave us, leave us a review. If you hated it, that's totally fine too. Just let us know so we can make things better for you. <laughs> but uh, subscribe on, uh, where are we these days, Ryan? iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play Music. You have you, no excuse. You, YouTube-ish you really a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We'll see you next week. Bye.